welcome to everyone this evening. If you're a guest with us tonight, we welcome you. We welcome, we welcome some pre-pause guests. You can always, you can always know when, when it's the week of pause, because you're going to see Sister Christelle. Brother Tron, <laughs> whenever you whenever you see them walk in in the fall, you know it must be paused. They're they're some of the most faithful attendees, and several others that are here. We welcome you. Those that are watching us online, we got a bunch of folks out sick. I guess there's something going around, and um, I guess we're here because we either haven't gotten it or we're just acting like we don't have it. I don't know. Who knows? Praise God. I don't know when the last time I have wrestled so much with what I felt like God <laughs> had given me to preach than I have for tonight. Pause starts this week and all of the awesome, wonderful things that go along with pause, but I'd, I'd love to preach something that was like, you know, John the Baptist for the week. I'm not the one. I'm just preparing the way for the one. I'm, I'm not the right. I'm just a right. <laughs> the problem is if I know the way I think I know how God talks to me or when God's given me something, I... I believe he's given me this, and uh, it, it's, it feels so out of left field, and I got to be honest, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm preaching to people here tonight, or if I'm preaching to the, to the atmosphere, or what, maybe a little bit of both. We, uh, as many of you know, just a couple of months ago, we, we did four sessions on Thursday nights, the importance of the Christian family. And uh, I, I guess tonight's just going to kind of tie into that. And uh, every, every time I preach, pretty much every time I preach, but there are definitely some certain, there are definitely certain areas tonight being one of them where I am very mindful of the fact that many people are in different stages, different circumstances, and I, I promise you, to the best of my ability, I, I try to keep that in mind as much as I can. Unfortunately, that doesn't mean I, I, I can just not preach what I think God has given me. And I realize to an extent, some of what I feel like God has given me tonight may not seemingly directly apply to you. Um, or, you know, we had someone that was very, very sincere, did this in the, in the, in the most appropriate of ways. They communicated to my wife and I during those four weeks of the importance of the Christian family. They just they just they weren't able to come. It was just 
there was just some wounds and things that they had in their life that it was just it was painful for them. And I respect that. I also appreciate the the uh, clear communication. And so I, I realized to some extent this may be the case for some of you tonight, but again, I got to I got to preach what I feel like God has given me. And I I just I think I decided a long time ago I would rather fail trying what I thought God gave me than trying what I just came up with. <laughs> I'm going to read in just a second first couple of verses from Numbers chapter 2 before I read this. I'm not really sure who this is, so I probably shouldn't quote him, but he's got an important sounding name. So, Wesley Gustafson said, the Christian home is the most important institution in the world. That does not minimize the position of the church and state. They also have been ordained of God. But he places the home first in time as well as in importance. It is the foundation upon which all other institutions are built. Upon it, the church and state will either stand or fall. What the homes are, the churches and schools are, and the government will be. Every place where there has been a neglect of home responsibility, there eventually has been a crumbling of the nation. And before you get to down the road at exactly where you think I may be going, I'm probably not quite going there, so stay with me. Numbers chapter 2, verse number 1. Numbers 2, verse number 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch, his, shall pitch by his own standard. With the ensign of their father's house, far off about the tabernacle, far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. And on the east side, toward the rising of the sun, shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout their armies and Nashon, the son of Amminadab, shall be captain of the children of Judah, and his host, and those that were numbered of them, were threescore and fourteen thousand and six hundred. The Living Bible says, verse number two, this way, The Lord gave these further instructions to Moses and Aaron. Each tribe will have its own tent area with its flagpole and tribal tribal banner, and at the center of these tribal compounds will be the tabernacle. The Amplified says it this way, The Israelites shall encamp each by his own tribal standard or banner with the ensign of his father's house opposite the tent of meeting and facing it on every side. And then the New Living Translation says it this way, When the Israelites set up camp, each tribe will be assigned its own area. The tribal divisions will camp beneath their family banners on all four sides of the tabernacle, but at some distance from it. 
I guess for the sake of a title tonight, I want to ask you a question. How's your tribe? How's your tribe? Oh, boy. Father, thank you for your presence tonight. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. Thank you for this opportunity you've given us once again to gather together to worship and exalt the name that's above every name. Thank you for your spirit that's already ministered and worked in this place tonight. And I pray that you would continue to minister and work. God, I trust that to the best of my ability, I am about to preach what I believe you've given me. And I pray that there would be hearts, minds, spirits open to receive. But I also pray, God, that that there would be an effect on the atmosphere, the atmosphere of this congregation, Lord. By the power of your spirit, God, I trust you. Depend upon you tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I know most of you are at least relatively familiar with this story, but just a couple of high points. The children of Israel are, have come out of Egypt. They're on their way to the promised land. And in this process, this is, this is, I think, basically still before they came to the Jordan and the spies cross, and they come back with a report that they're not able to go into the promised land. And so they're, they're still, in essence, kind of on track for going to and entering into the promised land. It, it wasn't God's intention for them to come out of Egypt and spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness. God's intention was for them to come out of Egypt and make the journey into the promised land. So they're given laws, they're given, they're given uh, statutes and commandments to live by. And, and really, ultimately, the Scripture says that those commandments was for when they come into the promised land. And so, needless to say, one of the significant parts about that was the tabernacle. It was, it was the focal point, as the, especially a couple of the other translations I just read to you of verse 2, they, they, were, supposed to, they were supposed to pitch their tents facing the tabernacle. The house of God, the temporary house of God at that point was, was supposed to be the focal point of when they came out of their houses, that's what they would see. That's really was a part of, I don't think it's the only thing, but I think if nothing else, it was symbolic of what happened with Lot and his family. The Bible says when Lot pitched his tent, he pitched his tent toward Sodom. So when he and his family exited their dwelling place, they were constantly looking at Sodom and they ended up getting entwined in Sodom and eventually cost Lot's wife, Lot's wife's life. The instruction was, you are to pitch your tent towards the tabernacle. But, Notice, and you can read on because it continues to give the guidance after the verses I have read to you, but there was very specific instruction on where each tribe was to be positioned. I'm sure there are a number of reasons, I think, with regards to this first tribe. 
it is not any coincidence that the tribe that was positioned in front of the tabernacle was the tribe of Judah. Because the tribe of Judah, or the name Judah, means praise. And the way into the presence of God is through praise. And so I'm not totally sure. Uh, Dr. Yu, you could help me probably on the rest of the tribes, but I know one thing for sure, the tribe of Judah was intentionally placed where it was. But all tribes were told their position. And I would imagine that if for no other reason, probably there were others, but I think probably one of the fundamental reasons if you've got a couple of million people that are journeying, it just makes it a whole lot easier for everybody to know where you're going. Every time the tabernacle would stop and they would begin to set it up, there, there was no arguing, there was no fighting on who was at the gate this time or who was on this side or that side. It was all clearly established. Perhaps it was also to help those that somewhere along the way as they're journeying and some are beginning to lag behind, it made it a lot easier when it came time to set up the tabernacle, I, I, I may have gotten separated from my family and my tribe, but once they get that tabernacle in place, I can get my bearings. That's why I know this is not the house of God, but you need this in your life. Because sometimes you need to get your bearings from the house of God. Sometimes when you're getting a little distracted and a little off course, there's just something about getting your bearings in in line again on the house of God. Or the place where the people of God gather together. It was all done very orderly. It was all done the same way every time. But what he said was, the instruction he gave was that every tribe is supposed to set up their tents together. The word tribe, according to Strong's, it's a branch. It's an offshoot. It's a part of a family tree. When you set up camp, you're supposed to set up camp in your tribe. Not just anywhere. Not just any place. It was established. It wasn't up for discussion. It didn't vary from time to time. When the tabernacle gets set up, Judah, this is where you go. All the other tribes, this is where you go. According to the biblical illustrator, those of a tribe were to pitch together. Every man by his own standard. Standard there is not meaning your own, your own standard of you know, quality. and Standard there is in the sense of a, 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 a banner, a flag. You're all supposed to set up camp by your flag. Your tribe's flag. It is the will of God that mutual love and affection, conversation and communion should be kept among relations. 
those that are of a kin to each other should, as much as they can, be acquainted with each other and the bonds of nature should be improved for the strengthening of the bends, for the strengthening of the bonds of Christian communion. You don't just decide. Oh boy. I'm just going to say this one time and try not to say it again. I wish. I mean this as sincerely as I could be. I wish I was here tonight preaching this message at one person. First of all, I'm not here preaching this message at anybody. I'm, I just I want you to know whether you're sitting here listening or you're watching online or if in the future. I, I wish. I wish with everything in me that only one person possibly needed this message tonight. You, 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 didn't, you didn't get to decide, you know what, this wasn't a really good day today. We, we, we kind of had some quarrels amongst us today. So when it's time to set up the tent, I'm going to another tribe today. I'm not going to that standard, that banner, that flag for my family today. I'm going to go find me another tribe to be a part of. Wasn't, wasn't an option. You were supposed to pitch your tent with your tribe. Brother Wright, you here tonight preaching about cliques? No, I sure am not. But I got to tell you, sometimes I'd rather be trying to deal with breaking up cliques Watch, watch this, Joshua chapter 7. Again, many of you are probably familiar with the story, but let me just give you the, the real basic high points here. The children of Israel have gone in now to the promised land. They've gone to the first battle, which is Jericho, and, and, and there was a very clear instruction that the Lord gave to Joshua to tell the people of Israel, and that was when you go, into the, when you go to the battle of Jericho, every, all of the spoils of this first battle belong to me. It was a common thing that you take spoils of war. But the Lord said, the first battle, it's all mine. You don't take anything. So they go in and they march around Jericho. The walls falls. There's a great victory. And, and, and they are all excited about that. And so it's time to take the next city. And, and so they were kind of comfortable over the way things went with, Je- with Jericho. So they sent a little less men to go fight the battle. I believe it's Ai. And they go and fight against Ai. And they get sent home with their tails tucked between their legs. They've got a whooping. It's kind of funny how quickly Joshua goes from whatever excitement he had for Jericho to all of a sudden questioning God and doubting and fearing and worrying. The problem was there was somebody that made up their mind that, you know, I I realize we've been told that we weren't supposed to take anything from this first battle, but the Scripture says there was a man by the name of Achan, and and, and he says this, I saw. I I realize what we were told. But I saw some things that were goodly 
I saw some things that looked good to me, and so I took them and I hid them in my tent. And so in Joshua 7 and verse 13, this is, this is God beginning to deal with the children of Israel. Up, he says, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought, watch this, according to tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come according to the families thereof. And the family which the Lord shall take shall come by households and household which the Lord shall take shall come man by man. The process that God put Joshua through to find out the individual who had taken things he was not supposed to take started with the tribe. And then it went to families. And then it went household by household. Because God, more than any other human being, values and supports family. It means more to Him than it means more to any of us. And i got to tell you, I am saddened by the fact how many things that are common and a norm in the world are creeping their way into the church more and more. And I realize there's a whole lot of different ways in which you can apply that. But in the context of tonight, the thing that is disturbing me is more and more how the environment of families and tribes in the world is working its way into the church. Oh, Lord, I ain't feeling no better. <laughs> God set a pattern when the tabernacle was built. I, expe I expect you to be able to be together. I expect you to be able to get along. I expect you to be able to work through your stuff. I don't expect you to decide I'm going over to the other tribe today. Forget my tribe. I'm going to find me a new tribe. God designed that you and I would be willing to be committed to His ways, His patterns. Can I... Can I can I tell you tonight, I know you know this, but I don't care what your giftings are. I don't care how God uses you. I don't care how awesome you are in the Spirit. That is not God's stamp of approval and validation that all of the other stuff that may be out of order in your life is okay. I'm afraid that somehow we have, we have confused God using us and God flowing through us with God's approval on us. I remind you that there was a time that God couldn't find anybody else, so He spoke through a donkey. It happened one time. That donkey wasn't anointed to be a prophet. He just needed to be used. 
No matter what God does in and through you, no matter what revelations God gives you, that is not justification for things that may be out of order and out of alignment in your life. And I'm afraid too many times we can get into a habit, we come into a service, we come into an atmosphere like this, we come into a week we're about to go through, and God works, God moves, God uses us, and somehow we think that everything else that's chaos and disorder in our lives is okay. Anybody ever heard the name Billy Sunday? Billy Sunday began his career as a baseball player for the Chicago White Sox. Or excuse me, the Chicago White Stockings. I guess they became the White Sox. But later... He became one of the country's best-known evangelists. Listen to this. Between 1896 and 1935, he gave an estimated 20,000 sermons. I don't know what the math is on an average of per year on that. I just know one thing. That's a lot. 20,000 thousand sermons but he was quoting as saying this the tragedy of my life is that although I've led thousands of people to Jesus Christ my own sons are not saved I've led thousands of people but my own son I don't know him, and I'm not here to pronounce or make judgments on him, but it just kind of makes me wonder, Brother Barr, I wonder if he was not as mindful of his own tribe, of his own family, of his own household. I know the Scripture says it this way, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Would you permit me to paraphrase that this evening and say, what, what does it profit a man if he gains, his, gains the world but loses those closest to him? I, 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 I realized how we all, I guess I shouldn't say we all, maybe some of you don't do this, don't make this mistake, but I, I realize, I realize all over again today, we, uh, even with the Word of God, if we're not careful, we can start adding or taking away unintentionally. Not because we're purposefully trying to change, we just, and some somehow, one of, the, one of the first stories we hear, you go to church as a child, one of the first stories you're going to hear, one of the most notable Bible stories is the story of Noah and the ark. And, and there's a few things that I, I it, 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 it kind of bothered me a little bit today because I realized there's a few things I think I've made as assumptions and 
I've even said them from pulpits before that as I reread some of the story of Noah, it's, it's not there. One of the things I've said and I've heard others say is Noah spent 120 years, first of all, building the ark. And actually the scripture doesn't exactly say that. But, but, but more importantly, in, in this context was, was that he spent 120 years preaching, trying to convince people to get on the ark. And that all throughout that time, there was all these people mocking and making fun of him. Anybody ever heard that? Anybody ever heard that? I have. He preached and people mocked and laughed and made fun. I can't find that. I I, I tried today. I asked a couple other guys and I, I can't find where that was there. Not saying they didn't, but it's not clearly spelled out that I can find. The other thing is... is is you know this this, this preaching and, and I realize in 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 Peter it says that he was a preacher of righteousness, but that's all it says. There's nothing anywhere else that says that he was a preacher. He there's nothing anywhere else that says you know he he worked for eight hours a day and preached the other you know rest of the day. But but I want you to I want you to see something here. Because, in, and I, I've preached something a little bit similar to this several years ago, but just came back to it here in the last couple of days. Another one of those things either said or implied was, was the fact that, not necessarily, I guess, that Noah failed, but he wasn't a great success. Because he built that ark and he preached. But I, I, I want you to notice what is clearly said in Genesis chapter 6. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, and the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. With lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under the heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Now watch this. Watch what God tells him from the beginning. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. God told Noah from the very beginning, 
This is who's going to be on the ark. Noah didn't fail. Noah wasn't a failure as a preacher because when they got on the ark, it was just his family. God told him from the beginning, it's going to be you, your wife, your sons, and their wives. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 7, it says this, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. He built an ark for the saving of his house. If you're out all the time, or if your goal, your motive, your number one desire is trying to reach everybody out there, and you're not building an ark for your own house, you're trying to save the world, but you got a people that you brought into the world that you're responsible for, and you're not building an ark for their safety. I don't think Noah and his wife and sons and daughters-in-law were the only people God intended to save. Here's what I think. I think what was supposed to happen is there was supposed to be some other people that got to watching what Noah was doing. Said, you know what? I see what this guy's doing. I hear what he's preaching. And so if he's going to do that for his house, I'm going to do that for my house. If he's going to build an ark for the saving of his house, I'm going to make sure my family is saved as well. I guess I might as well finish because I'm in it. Uh. Noah, it's going to be you, your wife, and your kids. The problem is, if that's the answer today, some of us are in trouble. Oh, maybe not necessarily because there's no ark, but I don't want to be on the ark with them. That's okay, because we, we speak in tongues. That's okay, because it, 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 here, here's where everybody can... If you're sitting there going, oh, this message don't apply to me, it does apply to you, because, because we are a family. We are a family. And it's a sad thing when people will go in one door, sit in one section, so they don't have to go by others. I wish I was just making that up in hyperbole, but. Or you sit where you are and you look across and wait till they leave so you make sure you don't have to say anything to them. I'm sorry, but this is the ark you're supposed to be on. Until God sends you someplace else, this is the ark you're supposed to be on. And hiding from each other on the ark doesn't work. Run into your own separate places on the ark doesn't work.
the things, you know, I, we, we, oh, Lord, I'm, we are, I mean, come on, come on, pastor, don't you know, we are one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy rollers, born-again, heaven-bound believers. I, I sang that a couple while ago. If you, didn't, if you didn't watch it yet, go home, get on YouTube, look up Lance Appleton, one God, apostolic, tongue-talker. You owe it to yourself to hear that. I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy roller, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. I believe in holiness. I suggest you do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. Would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed to be a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy roller, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. If you couldn't keep up with that, you need to go watch the song. Well, the longer it goes, it eventually is basically, I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy roller, born again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. I believe in holiness. I suggest you do the same. You know what? I apologize to you folks that came all the way in from all over the world and the country to be here tonight. I, I know this isn't what you came to Annapolis for. You know what, Jesus, you know what, I got Jesus, or not Jesus, there was a word for people like that in the Old Testament. They were called Pharisees. They checked off their, all of their religious boxes, and because they checked religious boxes, it, was a, it allowed them to justify other things. As long as I talk in tongues a little bit, as long as I go to church faithfully, as long as I pay my tithes, that means I don't have to forgive my brother. That means I don't have to forgive my sister. That means I don't have to make things right with my parents. That means I don't have to make things right with my kids. That means I don't have to make things right with my spouse. No, it does not. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The fact you're a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy roller, born again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus, Jesus' name is all the more reason why you should. Build an ark, Noah, for your tribe. You know what? One of the things that's awesome, I think, about the church and when the church is being what it's supposed to be is there's some people, there's some of you here tonight that I know can testify to the fact you, 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 you don't really have a family. But now you're a part of the church and you found a family. I've said it before. My kids, there's, there's people around here that my kids call uncle and aunt that are not blood relatives, but they don't just use that term as a nice little affectionate term. They use that term because that's the way they feel about those people, because we are a family. The old song says, I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. It's kind of funny to me. I think every now and then if you just remember we're all a part of the family, you might relax a little bit. Sometimes family fights worse than other people. Sometimes siblings go at it more than others. But they work through it. They get through it. 
You think just because we're the family of God means we're not going to bicker some. We're not going to have some disagreements. We're not, we're not going to mistreat. Of course not. But we're family. It's kind of funny the way, boy, you, <laughs> you, you see two, two people that are family fighting against each other. I don't mean necessarily physically, but they're fussing and arguing with each other. And you're listening at there. Man, they're going at it. And, and, and maybe one of those people is your friend. So you thought, I, I'm going to get in on this. And so you jump in on the side of the person that's your friend. And all of a sudden, it's still two against one. But it's no longer you and your buddy against the other one. It's now them against you. Because blood runs thicker or blood should run thicker than water. And blood ought to run thicker than offenses. And blood ought to run thicker than disagreement. And blood ought to run thicker. Oh, Lord. I don't remember the exact context of where it was said or what it said, but there's a verse in the Bible that says something about these things ought not to be so. These things ought not to be so. Somehow, if we're not careful, I'm going to go find me another tribe today. I'm going to go find another, another banner No, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. God decided who you were stuck with. God decided who you were stuck with. Got this out of the... This sounds such, like such a cheesy whatever, but I had words from heartwarming Bible illustrations. Heart that just sounds so flaky, but it's good nevertheless. There is the connection between harmony in a home and the the honoring of God. Somebody help me. I I I I can't remember exactly the way it goes, but 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 there's. I think it's in Peter. Talks to the husbands. You, you, you better make sure things are right with your wife so that your prayers aren't hindered. Yeah. Uh, we haven't been getting along, so we, we're still going to go to church and just act like it's all okay. No. Don't, it don't work that way. Yeah. The bar's over here quoting because the same passage that says if you come to the altar and you know your brother has aught against you, leave your gift at the altar and go make it right. I wonder how many times we come to church or we go to things of ministry and, 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 and we know the one I live with. We, we've got some aught with each other. That's okay. I'm just going to go let my gifts flow. No. No, you, you, you need to go make it right. Now, we may hope that when things are right with an earthly home, the inhabitants may be ready for the heavenly home. 
Because there is no more searching test of solid Christianity than the home. Mm. It wasn't easy getting through the importance of the Christian family. I have no idea why I'm trying this tonight. There is no more searching test of solid Christianity than the home. It is all very well to be pleasant in society where you only meet the surface of people. It is all very well to be thought charming by strangers or even to appear religious at a prayer meeting or to deliver an eloquent sermon, but this will not stand God's test. In the outside world, says J.R. Miller, we do not get close to men. We often only see their best points. That is, we see the coating of sugar which hides the unwholesome cake. We do not feel the friction of their meaner qualities. But at home, all is laid bare. Lives touched there. The selfish motives which make us polite to outsiders have no place there. For we are sure of the hearts there. We can be as rude as we like at home. The place is still ours. They can't turn us out. There are only hearts to break there. No money will be lost by rudeness. And this is often all that men care about. Nothing but love for Christ which endureth all things is equal to the string of simple home life. It is God that maketh men to be of one mind in a house. It is not the will of God for families that are a part of His church to be divided. It is not the will of God, and I'm going to say this one more time because I just can't help myself. I Before God, I... I I wish there was one person and one person alone that, that this applies to because there are things I know through natural circumstances, but I also feel things in my spirit. And, and it's, it's, it's more than one person that needs to be hearing me right now. It should not be. It should not be in the body of Christ that people that are, should be in the same tribe. Are finding ways to avoid, stay away. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna challenge you. We, we, my, my wife and I, years ago, we were we were going through just some of our struggles and. We sat down with Bishop Parent, one of our board of trustee members, and, and, and in the midst of talking to him about some of our struggles, he, 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 he told us, it was, I don't know about my wife, it's the last thing I wanted to hear. He said, Brother Wright, I think he said, if nothing else, I think, you just need to use all of this for an education so that one day, you can help some. That's not, that's not the answer I'm looking for. I want this stuff fixed. I don't want to be educated. And, 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 and so 
we, we have worked hard and work hard to apply that in a whole lot of areas, not just in one area. You know, you all know we're, 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 we're new at this whole, we're new at this whole in-law thing. Sons-in-law. And you know what? It's, 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 it's tempting. I'll say it that way. It's tempting to just take a back seat. It's safer that way. It's more secure that way. But you know what? God's blessed me with a tribe. We got a, we got a banner. We got a, we got a standard. I, I love all of you a whole lot. Those that I'm responsible for pastoring, I love you. I, I hope I love you more with Jesus' love than I love you with my love because His love's better than my love. But I just, I, there, I, I love you. But I'm just going to tell you, and I, if this offends you, I'm sorry. But there's, there, there's, there's some people they are my number one priority. And unless your last name is right or mock or K, it's not you. And if you got a problem with that, vote me out. Find another pastor because I'm not changing. Because I want you to build an ark. I want there to be a Middleton Ark and a Bar Ark and a Meadows Ark and a Lewis Ark, an Evans Ark, a Vogler Ark, a Breckenridge Ark. But at the end of the day, I'm not responsible for building your Ark. But I am responsible for building my ark. And I know I got some that are now starting to build their own ark. And so not only am I going to build my ark, but if Jalen needs any help with his ark, I'm going to help build his ark. And if Jacob needs any help with his ark, I'm going to build his ark. Because by the grace of God, I refuse to give myself and gain the world and lose those that are supposed to be on my ark. In my tribe. Said, I know some of you, you're in situations difficult. I know some of you have broken families, broken. I get that, and I'm sorry for you. I mean that. But for those that still have a chance tonight, can I just plead with somebody tonight? Would you make up your mind? We got a banner. We've got a, we got a standard that's being held, held up. And I refuse to let anything or anybody separate me from that. Realize at the end of the day, we're all human beings. There's only so much you can do. But oh God, at the end of the day, let each one of us be able to put our head down on our pillow at night and know at least did my part. I did the best I could. There was at least one time, I think there may be a few times, but there was at least one time that the children of Israel had issues because the Bible said they all ran every man to his own tent. I'm going to tell you, at the end of the day, I'm going to my tent. I don't want to go to your tent. At the end of the day, I love you, but 
I don't want you at my tent. I need, I need, I need my own tent. I need a little space. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about the fact we live together 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's a difference between going your own going to your own tent just because it's time for a little bit of rest and refreshing versus going to your own tent because you're trying to get away from somebody. Joshua, don't leave it up to the people. It's not their choice. I really... Thought about, I guess maybe, I, I don't know if I miss God or not. I just didn't have enough faith, just to be honest with you. I, I almost started before I preached this message to get everybody to move around and get in, get in family units and extended family units. But I'm struggling enough with this message already. God, please. Help us not to become content in here with what's the norm out there. Oh, we'll, we'll, I, I could get you, I, I could get you, I know, I don't mean this to sound arrogant or cock, I don't, I don't mean it that way, but I could get some of you going by preaching against uh, same-sex relationships and, 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 and all this other stuff. You'd be on your feet getting with me. I could, I could be preaching against abortion and boy, I could get some of you standing and amening and preach it, Pastor. Ain't got much of that tonight. Not, not getting a whole lot of that tonight. Why is it? Why is it? We're good with getting all amped up about all of that out there. We won't get up amped up about what's closest to us. We'll get all stirred up about what's going on out there. Or we'll get all stirred up about certain topics. But then other things that ought to be touching some buttons. Nope, 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 not going there. I can, I, I can, I, I believe that this is again my just my imagination. So, I, I'm, I, I guarantee you, I can almost guarantee you. Surely, even though they were all on the same ark, they had they had some spaces that were kind of their spaces. I, I can, I can imagine. I can imagine at the end of the day, some days. Oh. Old Japheth and his wife lay down and he's tired from everything. He's been cleaning stalls and feeding animals. And he lays down and he's he's about ready to jo- to doze off, but old sister sister Japheth starts up. You won't believe. You won't believe what your sister in law did today. Or you won't believe what she didn't do. I had to do all my chores and hers as well. She was sleeping all day while I'm trying to work. Or, or how about how about this one? 
you won't believe what your mother said to me today. Or, 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 or how about this one? You, well, we are all such awesome discerners. You won't believe how she looked at me. Do you know what the wonderful thing about that ark was? No matter how much at odds they got, there was nowhere to go. And if you're going to be stuck on there, stinking, dirty animals, no ventilation, no modern amenities, we might as well work through it because we got to be on here together. I wonder if we got anybody tonight that's got a made up mind. We may not always get along on this ark. This tribe may not always see things eye to eye. We may have some adversity and some challenges, but at the end of the day, we're going to stick together. We're going to work through it. We're going to get through it together. We're going to forgive. We're going to love. We're going to work together. Stand, please. I guess I don't some of you this some of you this may be just trivial too or you it, you know it may not be a big deal so please just I beg of you nothing else just just write this off to my pastor's heart But you know what I guess part of my burden is we're heading we're heading into a time of year that for families Again, I know, please, please, I know some of you, you're, you're, you're alone or you've been through separations. I, I understand. Please, I realize that. I'm not trying to be insensitive. That's why, again, I hope if, if the church is doing its job, it, it can help fill some of that gap. I, I, most of you know, but my, my wife's mother passed away when she was 15 years old. And, and we got married and she was 19 you were 19, so it's only four years after her mother passed away. So I've, 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 we've been together the majority of the time since her mother passed away. And, 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 and I've learned just simply by watching that there, there, there's nobody that can replace her mother. And there have been a lot of awesome ladies. There's some, there's some women through the years that have, that have been such a great support. And, and, but, but at the end of the day, nobody can just replace her. So I understand for some of you, it's not about replacing, but, but it is about some things filling in the gaps. So, so please, I, I, I beg of you for a moment. I know some of you, I, I, I try to say it with every holiday. And, you know, one of the, one of the most famous, or not my famous, one of the most well-known songs of the season we're heading into is, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And I realize not everybody's singing. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There's some people that are singing, sing, singing, it's the stinkiest time of the year. So I, I get that, please, please. But it saddens me. It's one thing when you don't have something. 
It's a whole other thing when it's there and you don't have it. It's there, but, but you're letting it lie and waste. You're letting it crumble. I don't. I, I think I'm about to ask you to bow your heads, and I'm. I, I, sometimes, Brother Barr, I feel like I've just started out preaching. I'm probably about to ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to say a quick prayer while you still got your heads bowed. Eyes closed. I'm going to sneak out that door real quick. I don't. I, I'm not going to. Part of me thinks I should, but I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not about. I don't have the. I don't have the guts right now to ask everybody to gather together. So I'm going to ask you right where you are. Would you bow your head and close your eyes. I, I, can I ask you whatever no matter what the circumstances situation the condition is you just take a few moments right now and ask the spirit of the Lord to, to help you to help your family to help your tribe those that he's put in your life those that you're connected to, those that are in the same body as you are. Father, I pray right now by the power of your Spirit. Lord, I pray tonight for every family, whether it's an individual household or it's extended families, that the enemy is working to try to divide and isolate and separate. Father, I pray tonight by the power of the Holy Ghost that every tactic, every weapon, everything He's trying to use, that according to Your Word, it would not prosper. God, I pray tonight throughout this congregation, I pray tonight for every family, every home, every household, every extended family that's a part of this congregation. I, I pray, God, that renewing and refreshing and strengthening and healing would flow. I pray tonight, God, for every marriage. I pray tonight, God, for every home where there's parents and children, where there are divisions, schisms in relationships. I pray, God, that there would be healing virtue that would flow. Lord, every home, every family, every extended family that the enemy is trying to divide and separate, we come against every weapon tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, God, that you would help us tonight to not get so caught up in pursuing our giftings and pursuing ministry and pursuing callings that we neglect what you have put within our realm of responsibility, that you've already given it to us. 
by your grace, God, while we have a responsibility to reach a lost and a dying world. Don't let us justify doing that at the expense of those that are closest to us that you put in our lives. Those that we're in the same tribe with, we're in the same clan with, God. We're in the same family with. God, help us if we're willing to go out of our way, sacrifice, give of ourselves to go reach a lost sinner. We're not willing to go out of our way to reach a brother or a sister, a mom or a dad, a son or a daughter. Help us tonight, God. God, I realize there's so many things in this world that have become the norm. Lord, I realize that even in your word, there are things that are prophesied about the end times. Children would be disobedient disobedient to parents. Family members would rise up against each other. Lord, it's, it's what your word says is a part of the last days. God, I don't believe that has to be what's a part of the church. God, that may be a part of what's going on in the world, and it may even get worse in the world, but we don't have to stand for it in the church, God. By your grace tonight, help us. By your grace tonight, help us. Would you just, whether it's a biological family member, natural family member or not, would you just reach over and connect with somebody right now, join a hand, put a hand on a shoulder. Flow through us tonight, God. Flow through this body tonight, God. Flow through this body tonight. I pray, God, right now that the virtue of the Holy Ghost would flow through this spiritual body, that that would then affect our homes, our lives, our families. Come on, I, I finally feel something a little bit here. Would you, would somebody help me for a moment and just tap into that? Can we make up our minds tonight? We're not going to settle. We're not going to settle for homes and families that are just like the world. We're not going to settle for households that have the same issues and problems as the world has. I wonder if there's some husbands, some fathers here tonight that something would rise up inside of you that says, I... I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for what's mine. I'm going to fight for what's supposed to be. I'm not going to let the enemy come in and tear apart and destroy the gift that God has given me. Come on, are there some moms? There's some moms tonight that'll make up your mind. You're going to go to a place of prayer. You're not going to fight your spouse. You're not going to fight your kids with your words. 
But you're going to find a place of prayer. And you're going to fight against an enemy that wants to destroy your home. Not my tribe, God. Not my tribe, God. Not my family, not my household, God. I'm not going down without a fight. I'm not going to give up without trying to defend what you've entrusted to me. I pray, God, not only for those that are in this sanctuary right now, but for those that are watching and those that may not be watching that are a part of us. I pray, God, that healing would flow. I pray that healing would flow. Lord, we don't, not only do we not want to gain the world and lose our own souls, but we don't want to gain the world and lose those closest to us, God. We don't want to gain the world and neglect those that are nearest to us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. If you've, you say, Brother Ryder, I've tried in my situation, I've tried in my circumstances. If you've done it through human interaction, can I challenge you tonight, if you haven't already, would you make up your mind to find your prayer, your prayer closet? Make up your mind in your prayer closet, God, if it doesn't work out, it's, it's not going to because, be because I didn't pray. God, if this family, if this household, if this tribe doesn't find healing, it's not going to be because I didn't pray. Not going down without a fight. Not going to let the enemy come in and destroy what God has given. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Brother, Brother Kevin Breckenridge shared something. We had our deacons meeting yesterday morning we do a monthly deacons meeting yesterday it was by zoom hopefully this person's not watching but I'm not calling any names but he shared with us yesterday there was, was an individual that's 
been around some over the last couple of years. And one of the things that's drawn them, it's, it's not the doctrine. It's not the prayer. It's not the worship. But it's, it's the connection. It's the, it's the relationships. And I, I don't remember exactly the way Kevin said it. But one of the things Kevin shared, and I thought this was so amazing, this individual said, I, I thought at first it really wasn't genuine. I thought at first it was kind of a put on. This, this, this family, we are a family. It was all, but the longer he's observed, the more he's come to the conclusion it's, it's genuine. I believe ultimately, I believe ultimately this is supposed to be a reflection of what takes place out there. That the closeness that we have here is because of the closeness we have out there. I'll just... I guess close this way. We are dealing with a very broken world. And the great majority of people that get saved and will get saved whatever how much time we left are coming from very broken lives. If they can't find something whole here, If they can't find something whole in the church, where else are they going to be able to find it? Where else? You've got people that have been raised in families that either parents divorced at some point or other situations where their parents may very well still be together, but there's no closeness in the relationship. There's no real connection between the, their parents. Where else? Where else are they going to find it if they can't find it? I'm sorry. I believe, I, I think you know this, and I don't think I have to defend this. I believe in our message. I believe in the doctrine. I believe in the plan of salvation. I believe in the Godhead. I believe in the in separation in our lifestyle. I believe in all of those things, and they're all important. But I'm sorry, they're no more important than all the other stuff in this book. And there's just as much stuff in this book about how we ought to treat each other and love one another, whether it's familiar relationships or just friendships and just whatever connections. There's just as much in this book. The world needs some place to go to find wholeness. And yeah, Jesus is the answer. But you and I are the demonstration. We are the living manifestation of that to this world. Father, I pray, I trust. 
somehow by your grace I have done tonight what you sent me to do. I pray, God, that there would be a genuine, deep, supernatural working and moving of your spirit. God, I don't mean that for just this service. I don't mean that for just these moments. I mean that, that it would go beyond these walls. I mean that, God, for when we leave this place and engage in our day-to-day lives, let there still be an impact from your word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. God bless you. Hope to see you as much as possible throughout this week. In Jesus' name.